the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Two. Visit them at townstone.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Sean Thompson Show on a fantastic Friday, even when there's bad news, right? And there's always bad news when an 80-year-old diaper-wearing Democrat, neo-Marxist fraud, is in charge and he's surrounded by apparatchiks. But I've spotted something, and it's, I would say it's long before Joe Biden, but really, what's, what's long before Joe Biden? Not much. It happens really around the 90s with Bill Clinton, I noticed it. And what, what it is, is the media who sides with the neo-Marxist, the neo-Marxist and the idea of a collectivist world where they feel that the bulk of people are too stupid to make their own decisions, too stupid to be in charge of their lives. They, under, they understood that in order to control people, you had to balkanize them. You couldn't have this idea that individuals existed and had rights and individuals made decisions. Some of them very, very good, most of them just okay, and some of them very, very bad. Because if you give people that individuality... You kind of take away the, the, the ability to condemn groups of them. So the media hasn't been able to do that. So what they like to do is indict people on race, on their political belief structure, and on religion. That's what the media does. All XYZ people are this way. All MPO people are that way. That's what the media does. There are no individuals. Now, talk radio has a problem, and conservatives have a problem, because they pick up this mantle as well, and they like to do the equivocation game. So see, we're not bad because we think this way. The other side's just as bad, and they did this, and we did that. And they give them that, that premise that we have to be indicted for the actions of individuals. I have never, ever felt that way. So that's why when CNN runs a two-day expose on some congressman out of Florida and his propensity to take pictures of girls he's dating and whatever it is he does, that's no indictment on me. Because he may be a Republican. He may support Donald Trump. That's not an indictment on me. I I could care less what this child who was elected does with anything. I don't have to bear the responsibility of his actions because I'm an individual. So when I tell you this story and I read to you that this perpetrator of this horrific crime in the Capitol were an innocent police officer who had 18 years on the job. This guy's 24 months away from eligible retirement. I'm not saying he was a good cop or a bad cop, but I'm sure he wasn't a terrible one. After all, he's a Capitol policeman. They are protecting our Capitol. He's not on the street harming people. He was there to do a good job, and by all all appearances, he did. And he's dead. Now he's got kids and all that. Why? Why is he dead? Because some idiot, moron, 
low-life loser rather than going in the garage and putting a, a hose in, in, in the tailpipe and ending his life the, the, the way that doesn't kill hurt or kill anybody else, he decided to cause some damage. And he, he injured somebody, and I'm guessing if you get hit with a car, you're probably not too happy. You're probably not going to bounce back from that tomorrow. So God knows the damage he did to this other guy. And in the meantime, I'm not going to take joy in telling you that he uh, is a follower of Islam I'm not going to use him to indict other Muslims because that's what they do. So I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do is notice that he doesn't fit the narrative that they hoped he had fit. And that's just the fact. When they read this story, when it came through the ticker tape, I know they don't use it anymore, but forgive me. It's how I talk. When it came over the, the, the ticker tape at CNN, do you not think those reporters wanted this to be? A Richard Jewell lookalike who was wearing a Trump hat? Absolutely they did. They were disappointed to learn that this was not a white man who voted for Trump, who spoke of liberty and freedom. After all, that's who they hate. That's who's always demonized. Because the media has learned that this trick works. I mean, after all, I've got clips here. Lovely Misty Callahan has clips. In California, they're giving one race, one gender, Money for nothing and checks for free because, after all, they're the oppressed. We, we here in Evanston have reparations going out. Why? Why? Because somehow we're all victims and we're all perpetrators. That's what the media likes because they get to pretend to be righteous. That's not what happens in real life. In real life, low-life losers create damage and devastation that changes the trajectory of innocent people's lives. This person of any religion, of any color, is a low-life rat. And whatever he did is not my fault or your fault. He's not a victim of society. He didn't get this way because he was bullied by society. He did this because as an individual man, he chose to be a scumbag. And this is after he got his $1,400 check. I thought that was going to solve all the problems. Just need a little infrastructure. I think this guy just needed a little social infrastructure, and he would have been a wonderful son of a gun. It would have been blissful. And the media will not. This will be a speed bump in the media. I have watched in this studio for two days, and I am not exaggerating, two days, about how, how a, a congressman in Florida who apparently was dating a young girl, took naked pictures. They thought he, he was, he, the first headline was he was trafficking in child uh, 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 sex ring. It turned out to be not true, whatever the case is. I, I'm not sticking up for him either. I don't know what he did, but let me tell you something. If you get elected, if you're a trust fund baby, odds are I'm not shocked when you're uh, hitting the quaaludes and the sleeping pills and dating a million hookers. I, I No kidding. It's Washington, D.C. It's Las Vegas for scumbag nerds who never got away and never lived. That's all it is. I'll tell you what, when all else fails, everyone always asks me, well, you don't have a pension. You uh, take risks. You go into businesses. You lose money. You make money. What are you going to do for a pension? In the back of my mind, it's easy. I'm going to go to Washington and sell black market Viagra. I'll live better than I ever did with any of my businesses. That's where the scum are. It's Caligula. So I don't have to be indicted by my political beliefs because Gates is a Republican. I could care less. Any more than I was really uh, a victim When I saw what John Boehner and those Republican scumbags did as they became lobbyists, as they prostituted government. See, that's the difference. We have the ability to think on our own. 
So I'm going to open the lines, 312-642-5600. I want you to tell me how the media narrative is going to change. I think they're barely going to mention it in the same fashion that they barely mention the tens and at the end of the year, hundreds of deaths perpetrated by one race on another race in the city of Chicago. It will not get the attention it, 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 it should get because it's a horrific crime. But the perpetrators of that crime don't fit the narrative the media likes to exploit. And that's what we're really going to experience here. It's very similar as I was watching the news about the young child, 13 years old, who was killed by a policeman. I watched the news on every channel this morning. I kept flipping around to see if anybody would tell me what time of day it was. If anybody would mention that that 13-year-old in Chicago, who was shot in the chest by a Chicago police officer, would let you know that it happened at 2.40 in the morning. They just wanted you to hear that a police officer shot a 13-year-old. Aren't the police terrible? They didn't want you to, to know that it was, it was shots were fired prior to the police getting there, and it was 2.45 in the morning. What in the hell is a 13-year-old doing outside at 2.45 in the morning? And now i got to look at his mother play victim, because what she's interested in is the check, baby. And that's what all this is about. It's a distraction. And if we had an honest media, the story would have let off as a 13-year-old at 2.40 in the morning was committing a crime where police were called and he ended up dead. That's not a policeman's fault. That's the mother's fault. Same one that's going to get the check. Just like this crime here, if it was a white Richard Jewell lookalike with a Trump hat on, that's not Trump's fault either. And that's not a conservative's fault. That's not a Republican's fault. We are individuals. The best way to, to, to understand what's happening is that you are being indicted by the acts of morons. Look at what's going on with this, with this uh, Capitol Hill on January 6th. I play you the clips all the time of the Republicans, the political whore Republicans, like Adam Kinzinger, like John Boehner. I'm, I've got a cut of him. It's perfect. I play you these clips all the time, how they are indicting strangers because of the acts of people who they want to represent you, even when they don't. On this show, I will not do that to, to, the, to the Muslims out there, to the Nation of Islam people. I'm not going to do it. It's easy radio, by the way. This is easy radio. You want to do the equivocation game? Look at here he is. Here, here, here's, here's the headline. What's his name? Uh, Noah X, as he's on the Drudge Report, instead of his real name. Noah X kills Capitol Cop after ramming his car into a barricade. Emerging with a knife. Nation of Islam follower screaming end times. So the actions of this imbecile, this sophomoric child imbecile, should now demonize all people. See, I don't do that. And we're not going to do that on this show. So if that's what you want, if you want that rah-rah, you want everybody's bad, the we're good, and, or we're bad, and everybody else is good, I, I can't do it. This should not be used to indict anybody any more than the actions of, of morons who maybe are a Republican congressman or maybe are Republican voters. They don't indict me. So I'll take your calls when we get back. 312-642-5600. If you're on the line, stay on the line. So waste no class if you are wrong. And all the right ways are underdogs. All right. We had a good show. I always hate starting a show with that terrible news because, you know, I've got a week. It's Friday. We're going to do movies later in the week, or, or this week, movie picks for the weekend. But, uh... You know, I, I can't help but notice, I was, as I look at Jackass, HeyJackass.com, as I do virtually every day, from Sunday 
to today in Chicago. 35 people were shot, eight dead. Yet all that anybody even knows in the week in progress in Chicago is the 13-year-old was killed by a cop. This is how pervasive and dangerous a media with an agenda that wants to steer and control you rather than inform you can be. And that's how we get Democrat corrupt mafia-run sewers like Chicago being presented as an option. So the reality is we've got to learn to, to, to call this out and we've got to stop doing it as well. I know it's probably not that, that popular with a lot of you that I didn't jump on the nation of Islam all bad and Muslims all bad, bad wagon. But why would you do that? This is one action of one man. You know why, why, what I always have rejected and what I always found nauseating about the idea that, that all groups of people are racist not just because the government likes to use racism in the name of correcting racism, which is what every one of the neo-Marxists calling themselves Democrats, that's every one of their plans. But it's the act, it's the thought process of a moron. It's the thought process of a, of a deceitful morphodite who cannot understand there are no groups of people. There are only people. But we live in a climate where everybody wants you to believe there's some magical society rather than just people learning how to get along with each other. John Palatine. Hey, Sean. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Good, good. I'm, I'm glad you still left uh, some of uh, Steve's uh, remnant music uh, on the soundtrack. It's not me. We, but, uh, we, 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 uh, we have a wonderful guy who I love to death. He's filling in for Johnny Rocket. And uh, quite frankly, he's lazy. Go ahead. There, there you go. Hey, listen, uh, what, what I... What I I, I respect uh, your take on uh, that you're not harping on that uh, this was some uh, Muslim or Nation of Islam uh, uh, terrorist uh, act. But, but the thing is, I, I think if, if the Republicans want to do anything to actually take back the House, I think we need to adopt some Democratic tactics. And uh, like, for example, when uh, Cruz was on the border and that bureaucrat bot uh, was saying, uh, where's the dignity? I want to know where's the dignity of the American people when we have to pay for these illegals with our own tax money, and, and they can come in, and, and I'm paying $700 a month in health insurance with no job. No, listen, I, I, I understand the premise, and as long as we can walk that fine line you just uh, articulated versus that race to the bottom of they cheat, why don't we cheat? They lie, why don't we lie? Which, unfortunately, has been a lot of the mantra of the Republican Party, right? Because they don't stand on principle. They don't stand on fundamentals because they don't have them. I've got clips you're going to love, by the way, the five from 530 to 6. I've got clips of former scumbag Republicans that prove every point we just discussed. And that's what I'm yeah. trying to do is kind of change that a little bit. Democrats and Republicans who are not in on the scam have to understand exactly what's happening and have to fight it back together because they have they share a common principle of Americanism. And if they don't. Well, then we're done anyway. It's just a matter of time. So let's Thelma and Louise, this son of a gun. Thanks, John, for the call. Yep. I appreciate it. Teresa, I didn't mean to hang up on you, but we got Teresa on the north side. How are you? Oh, good. How are you, Sean? Wonderful. Um, I heard this story break on the radio, and I listened to it, and I immediately said, this guy isn't white. Uh, because <laughs> if he were white, that would have been the first thing out of the reporter's mouth. Uh-huh. A white man exited the vehicle holding a knife. A white man got out of the car Well, that's kind of what happened in, in the Colorado shooting to a certain extent. The Colorado shooting, a lot of prominent, mainly morons, a lot of prominent morons on the Democrat side assumed that it was a white man on a, on a mass shooting. 
And when it didn't fit the right. narrative, and when it didn't fit the narrative, what happened? It became a gun issue. It became a Second Amendment exactly. issue. And then when they found out he bought the guns legally, he followed their process that was they set up that they said they, they that we didn't have in place and that they were complaining about. Then it just went away. So what's going to happen right. with this is, in my opinion, I think it's just going to go away in a hurry. I don't think oh, we'll hear will. about this. Tomorrow. Yeah, it will. It'll go. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be the January 6th, uh, you know, Trump insurrection story. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I'm still mad about that because that guy was not a real Viking. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Teresa. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is this is the thing that 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 we allow to happen. And then too often, in my opinion, too often we perpetrate. And uh, I don't want to do that. That's not that doesn't mean I I am. I, you read this guy's writings. Elijah Muhammad, I thought that pedophile scumbag was already dead. And to him, he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to condemn anybody who, uh, based on the writings of a lunatic or the actions of a lunatic. It would be nice, though. It would be really nice if uh, some people in media felt that way. Um, But that's not the case in the new America, because if you felt that way in the new America, you'd be interested in the actual facts of what's happening versus the propaganda of what's happening. Now, we've seen this happen specifically when we recognize there may have been, oh, we got another call. All right. I am sorry. I didn't mean to leave out Daniel. Daniel, thanks for calling the show. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to ask you a question, not about the shooting, but about these uh, woke corporations. Um, do you think it was good for Trump to give Twitter a tax cut? He didn't give Twitter a tax cut. See, this is... um. You know, like this is this is part of the thing. We have to start from the premise of Daniel. The, you're talking about the 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 corporate tax cut that was given um, under the Trump 2017 tax bill, which in essence lowered what I think is an example of double taxation. Lowered it from 28 to 21 percent. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. So here's how I'm going to explain this to you, and we need to think about this because I think 90 percent of Americans could not pass an Econ 101 class. Corporations don't exist. People in those corporations exist. Any profit that corporations make is distributed to the shareholders and to the people who work there. Those people pay taxes on those profits. When you when you have a system that says to a corporation, we're going to tax you and then you distribute, you're literally taxing people twice. So what the the American system has done is say, well, look, we're going to tax you twice unless... Unless you take that money you make and you reinvest it in growth, then we're going to give you exemptions, not loopholes. That's a that's a, a word of deception. We're going to give you exemptions, which is what Trump did in 2017. So what he what he did was say, corporations out there, if you take your money you make before you disperse and you p- invest in growth, you're not going to pay anything. Nor should you think about it just philosophically. Otherwise, you know what you end up doing? You end up arguing on behalf of the government who looks at money you make and corporation makes but as their money and they let you make it. How, how did Twitter reward Trump for the tax cut? They deplatformed him and his supporters. And that's an atrocity, of, atrocity of management, but the two are separate in my mind. Otherwise, what you get, Why? you know, it's interesting. Otherwise, what you get is what, you, what we just saw and no one's talking about. You get government influencing business decisions like they just did with the MLB. Right. So in other words, then you get a government that says you will act the way I want or I will tax you. 
And we already have that, and you know this. So I agree with both your points, Daniel. I'm not disagreeing with you. Please don't, please don't take it that way. What they did was a business decision they made, which I disagree with vehemently, and is an assault on the First Amendment. But that should have no bearing on, their tax, on the taxes they pay. But let me just ask, how can you, all these Republicans say, I'm going to take on big tech, and then they'll also say, but I don't want to regulate them. You know, the reason Silicon Valley is scared of Elizabeth Warren and genuflexter is because she believes in using government power and regulation to hurt them. You're right. They're not scared of Republicans because all Republicans do is give them another tax cut. Well, that, 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 but that's, uh, first of all, yeah, I get it. But that's also another, the, the other way to look at it is the Republicans stand on principle of freedom and free speech. So in other words, to I'm say, working out for you. I, I, you listen, brother, I get it. But to have principles, that means sometimes you're going to lose with dignity rather than to win without it. How I did mean, the free market work for parlor? How did the free market work for parlor? It didn't, because to your point, if you go back and you look at how the how the senators really questioned and intimidated Facebook, Amazon and Google, you'll understand exactly why they removed parlor, because they were they were intimidated and extorted by Democrat senators. You're not suggesting we do the same thing, are you? Oh, I I believe that the Republicans should have passed regulations like simple Mm -hmm. stuff like, hey. You want to you want to ban somebody's Twitter account, Daniel, Americans Twitter account, fill out some paperwork. I got to go to commercial, Daniel, but I want you to know how much I enjoyed that conversation. But the answer to, to the problem is never to wield or misappropriate power you shouldn't have in a better direction. No government should have any power over any company when it comes to free speech. And any company should never be intimidated to exhibit force against a political party that they were told that they couldn't agree with. So the answer isn't more abuse in the in the in our direction. It's no abuse, no force, no intimidation and no Marxism. The left is a Marxist, fascistic, totalitarian group of people that want to abuse power. Three one two six four two fifty six. Now you're talking, huh? Kept it up a little bit on a Friday. It's Friday. Give the people what they want. Jerk. 312-642-5600. I actually like this kind of radio where you're talking back and forth, you're discussing actual solutions. I think this is what's important. I really do. I do. I absolutely do. For instance, I'll do the kind of radio that the, all the producers, all the, all the big brains tell you not to do. I think there's two sections that are pulling this country apart. The Marxists, neo-Marxists who are, who are lying and deceiving their people by pretending to have some utopian policies that manage to mitigate fairness. And you watch him in this 80-year-old diaper-wearing scumbag political whore like Joe Biden. Anybody that would follow this idiot anywhere deserves what they get in the end. And then there's the other Fabians. They're almost just as bad because what they do is they try to pretend you could have this quasi-free society where you can be free in the parameters in which they set. See, they're just as bad, and they're represented by the old-fashioned Republicans like this. Freedom means you can be a genius and invent new products that make you millions. By the way, in case you don't recognize that drunk voice 
with the with the three lucky strikes, three packs of lucky strikes a day. This son of a gun, John Boehner, never had a job in his life. He went over to Caligula for nerds where he lived it up before there were video phones. The scumbag Boehner that he is. If they had video cameras when this guy was first elected, how do you think Gates would look? He'd look like an altar boy compared to Boehner. But John Boehner went on to have a very, very successful lobbyist career. In fact, I know this because I sold a condo in his building in Marco Island, where the minimum condo is $1.8 million. Where John Boehner lives, I think on the 18th floor, which is the real expensive floor, never working a day in his life. And he travels around Marco Island in Naples, Florida, like a man, like somebody who actually did something, invented something, provided a service and good, when all he really did is go from the political whore that he was up to the pimp that he is today. That's all John Boehner did. So this is John Boehner. He's got a little message for you. I want you to hear it at the end. Freedom means you can be a genius and invent new products that make you millions of dollars and helps millions of people. It means you're free to work your way to becoming the first in your family to go to college. It means you're free to reach as high as you want, no matter where you came from, even if you're a little kid sweeping a bar out in southwest Ohio. Take it from me. You'll never know where you'll end up. That's freedom. I'll raise a glass to that any day. P.S. Ted Cruz, go f*** yourself. And that's from John Boehner's new book, Good for Absolutely Nothing Except Destroying a Nation. A drunken scumbag who will retire worth tens, if not hundreds of millions. It's a long title, but I think it's appropriate. And those are the Fabians. And those are the kind of people who want to use tragedy, just like the Marxists, to invoke loyalty to a group of scumbags without thought. And that's not what I want to do. I want to think through everything and come to the solution based in the principles of Americanism, freedom, liberty, and the individual. So hopefully it sounds good on radio. I never know because I'm doing it. But we'll find out in the long run. In the meantime, I got a contract. Greg, how are you? Hey, very good. Happy Easter to you and your family. I wanted to get that in first and foremost. Thank you. You too. The thing I think that gets everybody confused is that you have to target somebody or something and just go after it hard. I'll tell you what. I'm done with Major League Baseball. Do I hate every baseball player? No. Delta? No. Coca-Cola? Done. You know what you do? And, and this earth me since they did this to Arthur Anderson. They basically destroyed the lives of individuals because of some terrible decisions made by leaders. If you had corporate boards that did more than just sit around and go to banquets and sit around on the rubber ch- uh, chicken circuit and did what they were supposed to do by getting people in and out and working for the people that they're responsible for, we wouldn't have any of this. And as for the Democratic Party, I don't hate all Democrats. I don't hate anybody personally. I don't dislike all Democrats. Yeah. But you have some at the top that have to go because they are poisoning the well. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And we can focus. You can be an intelligent human being and say, we can look at certain individuals and their individual actions and their individual ideologies of what's destroying the country. But here, in in, in what's really destroying the country, Greg, is not the individual ideology, but the ideology that's destroyed every country it's ever touched, and that's Marxism. These are not Democrats. These are not socialists. These are Marxists. But by the way, I I will clarify with you, and you know I love the calls. Thank you for the call. I will clarify with you. I do hate people, unequivocally. 
I hate people who would practice an ideology of force, an ideology of extortion. I hate people who look at other people and say, you know what you got? Too much freedom. Oh, no, 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 no. I hate them. And I'm sorry I hate them because I recognize they've killed hundreds of millions of people around the planet. Soviets, Marxists, communists, Nazis, all fascists who had the idea to paint this utopia through policy. All responsible for tens and hundreds of millions of deaths. So I hate them. It's okay to hate them. It's okay to hate them. And I hate people. I hate people who look at other people from their sorry position in life, most of whom hate their own station in life and are too lazy to do something about it. Yet they got all the answers for others. What are those answers? Well, we'll just take a little off of this. We'll control a little in that. We're going to make sure you have no freedom to move around. And the last thing you're going to be able to do is own property. I hate them. And I also hate the phony Republicans, the phony fraud, never Trumper scum scum Republicans, the pedophile Lincoln Republicans and the all around morons who pulled the lever for this scumbag Biden and his imbecile son. And this story that I'm going to play for you should have came out months before the election months because the FBI had this laptop for a year, one year, and they did nothing. This is Hunter Biden answering a question about his laptop. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's. Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know, yes answer. or no, if the laptop. I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly, it, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was the, that it was Russian intelligence. It, it could, could be. be that it, could it be. was stolen from me. Could it be that you sit on the board of a Ukrainian oil company? Could it be that you're somehow on an investment firm represented and, and, and financed by China? Could it be? Could it be that you sat on the Amtrak board since you were 21? Scumbag that you are. And could it be that 81 million people didn't know any of this? So if you were that moron that voted for this scum family that's destroying my country, you're damn right I hate you. I hate you because I hate you because the way you look at me. You look at me the same way John Boehner looks at me, as some useful idiot that can finance your life because you're too lazy to improve your own life. You're too covetous, so you want to restrict other people's wealth and their achievement. You're very comfortable being a tyrant, a demigod, because you pretend you have virtue? Yeah. I hate them as much as they hate my freedom. And I'll be damned if I'm going to give it up. 312-642-5600. A little, little bulk board with the techno. It's all right, though. It's Friday. We have a Friday. And we're broadcasting the show from the Democrat Utopia, known as the Ghetto of Chicago. The Ghetto's got all kinds of sides. Mark from Wicker Park. Hey, Sean, you tossed enough salad over here to get your name on the show, huh? That's good. What, right, what, 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 what is your name on, Mark? What's your name on? Nothing, not stupid. See, Mark's big beef was Ivanka Trump made $80 million, Ivanka and Jarrett. See, Mark's got, a, got himself 50 cents, or he probably went online, and he read in the Washington Post, the, this is the equivocation game, Jarrett Kushner and Ivanka Trump made at least $82 million outside income. That's, see, that's the key. Outside income last year while serving in the White House. 
$82 million, uh, 3.9 from Trump International, 2 million from Trump organizations, Kushner, 60 million from real estate. But see what people don't understand is that Kushner's father was a lifelong Democrat, big contributor to, to Clinton. In fact, had a key to the White House, and they made a lot of money in real estate. They really did. They made a lot of money in real estate. Ivanka's got, I don't know what, four companies. Her one clothing company made $7 million. That irritates scumbags in Wicker Park. It irritates them. What else irritates them is that this is a family that never was in politics. Not, never. But the family like the scum that runs, that supposedly is the president, the 80-year-old in diapers, that scum family who's been in politics for 47 years, they amassed almost as much money without ever doing a damn thing. So the scum in Wicker Park is comfortable with that. And most Democrats are. That's why they turn a blind eye to this. That's why none of it matters. The Ukrainian uh, energy company, it doesn't matter. The Chinese investment firm, they think they're entitled to it. And that's the difference. And that's why we're going to stand on principle. And that's why I don't participate in that race to the bottom. They're scumbags, so we should be scumbags too. I don't participate in it. These idiots only live on that covetous nature. That's all they are. Because this guy's probably so wrapped up in his own failure, he doesn't want to fix himself and get out of it. He just wants to tear other people down. Doesn't that describe every single policy? Every single policy is force and control. And I have said for the longest time, this virus was their greatest, greatest gift to the Marxist in America. This allowed them to beyond the shadow of a doubt, seize every one of your freedoms and liberties, your freedom to even move. They're telling us how we can celebrate Easter. They're telling us, what are the rules? Do I need my vaccine? Can I go see my mom? And people are listening. Because people like that scum in Wicker Park, he wants to be told how to live because he's a slave. His mind is a slave. And all he's looking for is a master that he likes. We're asking for no master. I don't have allegiance to any man. I have allegiance to a principle of Americanism, which is steeped in my freedom not to be controlled. But we live in a world where a supposed doctor who's done nothing since 1968, but go to a cubicle in a government job. And in 1968, you know who went to work for the government? Not the smart ones. Sorry, they didn't. There were a few at NASA, and that's about it. And Fauci's not at NASA. Okay, so when you think about the possibilities of how this virus appeared in the human population, obviously there are a number of theories. The issue that would have someone think it's possible to have escaped from a lab would mean that it essentially entered the outside human population already well adapted to humans, suggesting that it was adapted in the lab. However, the alternative explanation, which most public health individuals go by, is that this virus was actually circulating in China, likely in Wuhan, for a month or more before they were clinically recognized at the end of December of 2019. Yeah, we got to believe him. Got to believe what he thinks. We got to believe him on the vaccine. We got to believe him on our freedoms to move around. I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to take advice from these people. How much longer are you? And now here's the here's the real bad news. They're in control of the entire economy. We'll discuss that and more with Jonathan Honig, 605. From 
the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. That's right. And what is controversial in the new America? Ironically, it's the principles that built America that's controversial. Liberty, freedom, capitalism. The idea that we are not supposed to be part of a Keynesian soiree overseen by corrupt corporatist scum, and some are Marxists, most are now. So when I saw the infrastructure lie, fraud, I knew it was only going to carry what 5% would actually go to what it said. The other 95% will be skimmed off to a couple of rest of the mobsters we call politicians and their cohorts. I wanted to bring on another expert in capitalism, which is a dying word. We might as well just get rid of it. But before we do, there's a few of us that are going to go down fighting. And that is my friend, who uh, I've never seen him in an evening gown and high heels, but I guess he could pull off the look. I call him J-Ho. He's known as Jonathan Honig to the rest of you. Jonathan, how are you? <laughs> Sean, it's great to be with you. Congrats on the program. So happy you are out there. Such a, a, a one of the few, but proud, loud voices for capitalism and a person like myself i know who who gags when he reads that they're going to be spending 10 billion dollars to create i'm not making this up a civilian climate corp or 20 billion dollars to advance racial equity and environmental justice what what the hell is going on here sean because you know who's paying for all of it oh yeah only the well it's the 20 percent of people that actually pay taxes will pay for it right now the rest of us will pay for it for the next 50 years and that's kind of what i wanted to bring you on about i call i wonder if they will that new core will they have green shirts like the old brown shirts had because something tells me (laughs) when i hear these green policies i call this green movement the watermelon movement because it's green on the outside but the inside is communist red and that's exactly what this sounds like to me this is about infiltrating our economy and our society with communist time bombs that are meant to go off, that are meant to seize away our capitalism and our freedom and our liberty. The problem I have, Jonathan, is I think they're winning. And when I hear other radio shows that are supposed to be conservative tout a jobs number as if it's a good jobs number without stating the fact the government grew by 136,000 of those jobs and how how can we even unwind the Keynesian money in the other hires where they companies have been paid for and given zero interest for your loans with no terms? We still do not have the terms of the original PPP. There are no terms. How do we know how this is going to affect the economy in the future when a year ago loans were taken that aren't haven't started to be paid back? And, and, and 12 years ago, Sean, you know, you and, and I were among those opposing uh, the Obama stimulus bill. Remember, that was about $800 billion. At the time, that was seen as, you know, an astronomical amount of money. Biden's talking about spending in excess of, of twice that now, $2 trillion. And so much of it going to, you know, uh, elderly care, child benefits, housing, uh, so-called investment. It's almost as like they've forgotten about Solyndra and all the other multi, multi-hundred million dollar or billion dollar uh, boondoggles that result. So, 
uh, there's almost no opposition, Sean. There's almost a sense now that the more government spends, the better we are. Like, you know, we need government to come in and spend money to make these so-called investments because the free market, they say, doesn't do it, doesn't do it well enough, skims out the somehow the benefits for for the few and keeps it from the rest. So the, the, the just exactly the opposite direction the country needs to be take, taking. And Sean has taken, go back and read about the forgotten recession of 1920. Warren Harding, what did he do? Nothing. He cut taxes, cut the deficit, cut spending. Yeah. The economy prospered within the, uh, just a few months, in fact. That's, That's why he's my favorite. To be going. Harding is my favorite. He really is. I'll tell you the truth. It's him and Coolidge. And I think that's because Coolidge couldn't get out of the tub without help. I just want them to sit there and do nothing and allow us to have our freedom. And, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, Solyndra stole $500 million. Wasn't it some ridiculous number like that? Oh, well, that's like nothing, that $500 million now. And it's, no, you know, they're, they're talk, no one was prosecuted. About- no one was prosecuted. Mm-hmm. It was a phony company that had literally a storefront. And it got $500 million and no one said a word. It's just used by an example of, of, by you and me and others. But the reality is it's a beautiful crime. And, and we're making, we're going down exactly that same road again. The tremendous malinvestment. And, you know, the economist Bastiat, uh, uh, Sean, always talked about that. That's what's seen and that what it, that's what is unseen. So we're not only going to see all the waste, you know, it's cliche, but truly the waste, fraud, and abuse that comes with, giving these federal bureaucrats, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to spend. But we're not going to see is the businesses that aren't going to hire, that aren't going to expand because they say, oh, don't worry, just corporations that are going to pay those that the taxes. Well, who the hell is corporations, Sean? It's just it's individuals. So what you'll see is people won't get raises. They won't get those first jobs. There'll be a decrease in hiring. There'll also be higher prices. So, you know, Milton Friedman told us, what, 30 years ago, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Yet along comes Joe Biden and says, don't worry, we'll spend $2 trillion and only those evil corporations will have to pay for it. Sorry, Biden, there's no such thing as a free lunch. This so-called infrastructure program is going to cost America dearly and for decades to come. When you see, Jonathan, I know what it does. I'm curious to know your take on it. When you see more than 50% of the country now think there is, in fact, that free lunch, more than 50% of the country now is demanding that government do a top-down kind of a, a, a direction of all economy that they be in every aspect of life and that they do, in fact, provide minimum incomes and sustenance. And this idea that government can somehow mitigate some racial social harmony. Do you think that where there are enough people who believe in the, the principles of, of, of liberty and capitalism, because you can't have one without the other? that are still enough people to save it? Or is it just really, quite frankly, over with? Well, you're, you're, you're getting, Sean, you're, you're, you're hitting on some really important themes here. It's not just uh, understanding of economics, but it's really the, you know, the soul of the country and the, the spirit of Americanism that more and more now, especially what you see being taught on campuses, does seem lost. Uh, but look, even from a financial perspective, you know, Look at the Biden-Obama recovery. It's almost, almost as if we forgot that the result of all that spending, that $800 billion of spending, was the slowest recovery in modern history. That's what the Biden economy uh, spending bill and stimulus gave us. But you know, even go back to, as you, you were talking about, from the New Deal to Japan in the 1990s to even Europe from 2010 on, 
government so-called stimulus is it's like taking money out in front and, and literally burning it in your driveway. Yeah. Malinvestments, waste of money, inflationary, uh, and, and, and results in tremendous slower growth for all involved. So we're making those mistakes once again because, as you said, we don't put freedom, we don't put capitalism front and, uh, first and foremost in this country. Those are like dirty words now, and certainly dirty words in Biden's America. Well, this, in your opinion, I know you. You know, I'm not asking you to tell me if you, you know, who's going to stand against it. Is it to the point now what we just saw with that 1.9 trillion? I think they passed it in seven days. Is it to the point now where there is no opposition to these kind of bills, and all we are, all we have to look forward to is the fact that he didn't say he wanted nine trillion, or it would be that? Is there any way there can be a rise up from Republicans, from from citizens who will in fact have to pay this future taxation that we're calling a bill? Is there any chance it can be slowed down now? Well, you know, sure, we might start seeing it, and you know. You've got to don't uh, undersell your financial expertise and background as well. We might start seeing the return of what they used to call the bond vigilantes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might remember from uh, certainly the 80s and even the 70s. Every time government said we're going to start spending more money, you started to see interest rates pick up and fast. And in fact, that's one of the most recent and pretty profound developments we've seen in financial markets is interest rates moving up pretty fast in anticipation of some of this spending. So, uh, you know, you can you can uh, you can't fool all the people all the time, as they say. And more and more, I think people are starting to question how good of a, a bet, if you will, really is U.S. government debt, given the amount of money they're going to have to print the tax to try to. To, to meet some of these spending requirements. So you, you the market know, itself might call, call Biden on all this spending. And you know, Jonathan, I, I, you know, it's a talk show on Friday. It's Chicago drive time. And they tell you not to get in the weeds. But I have an opportunity to talk to you that, that I don't always have that opportunity. So I want to get in the weeds just a little bit on this. When you and I knew about that and when the bond and when the market was allowed to respond to bad policy, there also was not the policy of monetized debt where the American citizen is unaware right now that there is a policy where the government itself can can provide liquidity in that bond market. That rule never existed in those days you're talking about when we were down there. This, to me, is unconstitutional on its face that the Federal Reserve has the power, in fact, to to spend the people's money with no recourse. They can provide the liquidity in the market that the old-fashioned traders who knew how to regulate bad policy through market action they don't they don't need us anymore. Hasn't it just been too bastardized? Well, I mean, you, you raise a good point, Sean. I mean, even people like to say, oh, it's just uh, unregulated capitalism that's destroyed our economy. And you look around and say, well, show me exactly where that is. I mean, government controls so many elements of our economy. And, you know, even as the, the Hill recently pointed out, this Biden infrastructure pl- plan, you know, pushes us further and further in that direction. The secondary and third level effects of uh, as Bastiat talked about, that is what is seen and that is what is unseen of all this regulation of interest rates, of energy prices, of, uh, of uh, wages in terms of minimum wages, tremendously destructive in the short and long term, Sean. So it makes it very difficult as an investor. And when people say, uh, can you explain the, the rise in Bitcoin? I say, you know, given the stress on our dollar and the spending of our government. I can't you know, believe Bitcoin it's not a bit more. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, it's looked pretty appealing as, a, as an alternative asset. So, I can't believe you know, it's not 250000 a, a lot of trouble with this policy. Yeah, and at a certain point, I think the people have to realize when it comes to bad, for, bad economics and bad policy, uh, you have to almost look at America first. To me, if for foreign countries to watch us abuse our covenant and why we should be the world currency by just making it up as we go along, it's offensive on the principles of capitalism, on the principles of the U.S. dollar. They are insulting and humiliating the U.S. dollar. They've turned it into Charmin. Yeah, you know, and and what's so frustrating now, Sean, is that you are among the few out there publicly who is willing to stand up and oppose it. You know, now it's like these days when you say, well, you know, look, no one's flying in the airlines. Let some of the airlines go bankrupt. Let some of that capacity be cut. But now they say, oh, well, you're just an AH. You know, you don't care about people. You don't care. You know, you don't care about jobs. So there's just that assumption now that, I mean, how many bad ideas, Sean, come about because we say, oh, government's got to do something. We've got to do something. That's where the trouble begins. Well, Jonathan, give us the name of your site where the people can watch your, because I I do look you up. I love the Twitter. I love the site, but I already know it. Why don't you tell the people where they could find you? Well, you're a fighter, and we need more fighters like you, Sean. So don't stop uh, speaking truth to power. I'm at CapitalistPig.com, at Jonathan Honing on Twitter. And, uh, and we'll keep keeping up the fight this summer and beyond. Thank you for joining me. He's Jonathan Honig to you. He's Jay ho to me. We'll be back with your calls after this. 312-642-5600. You're making fun of me because I listen to country music. I think you're making fun of me. Sure. This has to be an onion headline. Chicago launches CTA vaccination bus. Oh, yeah. Let me get on a bus to get a vaccination. The CTA doesn't have a clean desk in it, let alone a CTA bus. It is like transporting people in a urinal. Have you lost your mind? I'm not rolling my sleeve up on the bus for anybody. But then again, I'm not a vaccination guy anyway. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. How are you? Splendid. How are you, Dave? Good. You know, yesterday you were talking about unionizing small, you know, family shops or whatever. I only caught the last minute of it. Yeah. Would you mind kind of going over that again? I, oh, look at this. See, Dave, I'm I, so I, glad you called. I love this kind of stuff. See, to me, Dave, this is what I like talk radio to be. I want to talk about the problems and realize how to navigate the potholes and stop the mis, the real misinformation that's meant to control you. So in this bill... In this bill, what it does is it takes the municipal strength that the the unions have over the municipal government and it expands it massively to the private sector. Okay, so they want to basically that's why when a government tells small mom and pop places how much to pay their their minimum person or to control the wages, that's because they're backdoor unionizing, backdoor nationalizing those businesses. That is something that your grandfather would have lost his mind over. If the idea that a government could control small business and and control business like this. So that is littered in these bills. And what I had said about unions is if private sector unions, they should to me, when I think of them, they're different. Private sector unions are different than public sector unless you have a Democrat like Joe Biden in the White House because they benefit immensely. This was, you know, this was a problem I had with a lot of Trump policies. They paid off unions and prevented competition where they should have to face it so that they could fail. 
So what I meant by by public by private unions, they should be exposed to competition. They should be exposed to negotiations just like private companies are. They shouldn't be protected or subsidized by government contracts. Make sense? Cool. All right. Well, yes. I got a clip, Dave, I'm going to play just because of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, what do I mean by that? In this infrastructure bill, this is just a payoff to unions. Because in order to get a contract with the government, you got to be unionized. See, why? If you're actually spending the public's money, shouldn't you get the people who pay the best deal? Why should you get them the worst deal? Why should they have to buy the most expensive products? Because that's how you spread it around. In my neighborhood, it was called Sprinkle the Infield. That's how you make everybody fat and rich. Ed Maher is the director, director pardon me, of communications for the International Union of Operating Engineers. He's kind enough to join us this morning. Now, before I get involved, people will say, oh, you're not in the union. This was one of the unions I was going to be a member of. That's right. I used to work for Terra Excavating. You should have saw the tan I had from being a flagman. And that's how you get in this position. And I saw what it was all about. I'm going to be quite honest with you. To me, it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be that kind of what I felt was an extortionist. I didn't, it wasn't for me. And you'll see why after this. Thanks for uh, coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Sylvia, Scott, thank you. Glad okay. to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you. So your union represents uh, 20,000 plus tradesmen and women in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. Let's leave the price tag and the politics out of it. If it passes this American jobs plan, what would that mean for your membership? Uh, I mean, it would create jobs for, for heavy equipment operators, for, for people employed in in various fields of construction, but um, that's not to say that it's this is not going to create a, a massive economic benefit for everyone who participates in the economy. I think one of the reasons. So you're not leaving the politics out of it. It is. It exists because of the politics, and what he is doing is regurgitating the Marxist talking point that spending tax money is good for the economy. It is not because it is not real growth. It is not the real economy. You're taking debt, future taxation, and you're spending it today. This is literally, you're literally printing up money based on this notion you'll have it in the future. It is the opposite of good. And now he's going to go on and spew Marxist talking points. Reasons that infrastructure generally enjoys such broad bipartisan support is uh, every dollar spent on infrastructure creates a $3 uh, return in the GDP. Poppycock! Poppycock! That is a made-up, made-up propaganda piece. Every dollar spent of debt creates $3. How? How could it possibly do that? The original dollar is fake and of debt. Where do the $3 come from? This is a lie that gets repeated and regurgitated so that people who have no idea the devastation this dollar causes will support it in hopes that they get it somewhere else like here. A California county is helping fund a controversial new program that sends guaranteed payments every month to certain residents based on their sex and their race. Senior correspondent Claudia Cowan has the details. Hi, Claudia. 
Hi, Julie. You know, in most of these guaranteed income programs designed to help minorities, the money comes from charity groups or nonprofits. But here in Marin County, tax dollars are being used for a program that is restricting participation, as you said, based on gender and race. Marin County is kicking in $400,000 to help support an experiment that will give 125 low-income mothers $1,000 a month for two years. But only mothers of color are eligible. They're not real money. And that's why when I said to you when this bill came out, this is the starting horn of hyperinflation. These are all printed dollars. These are all fake. These are all debt. And this is all future taxation. They have to get it somewhere. And once you taint the well, you cannot separate the water. The problem is too many people are ignorant to this. I think this is crucially important. I want to know what you think. 312-642-5600. Do you see this bill as a problem or are you looking at it like the Marxists as future prosperity? I'll take your calls when we get back. Let's all go to the lot. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, the kids reminded me. It's Friday. Let's lighten it up a little bit. I'm going to give you a movie. I want you to give me a movie or a series for the weekend. Got to have a good time because none of us are going to watch any of the Sunday shows. We're not going to watch this nonsense. Phone lines are 312-642. This is the show. 5600. It's my version of the uh, open line Friday. Well, Keith in there keeps playing with the buttons. Feel free to call the show because I'm going to give you a movie. It's not, it's gonna, not going to be what you expect. For a series... Sorry, I'm going to have to go with Dexter a little. It's been a long time since it's been off the air. Dexter, season one, episode one. It's a great way to fill the gaps. So I'm going to go with Dexter. I know it's old, but it's a good series. And I also am going to try to watch Ozark after it lost me after the first season. But this one is a Netflix movie released last Friday. It's called Bad Trip. And the reason I pick it, is because you're going to, to me, I, I found it hysterical that the only people who knew they were in the movie were the handful of actors. The entire film is shot among unsuspecting regular people as they go about their day. And in the movie, you're going to see something that was kind of, I think, the opposite. It was kind of refreshing for me. The movie kind of primarily stems around the two main characters who are not white, they are characters of color, and they are traveling from Florida to New York. And I'm going to tell you what, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But I want to know what movie, what shows you recommend for me. And then there's always my favorite. It's my favorite, bar none. And I will admit, I always thought there was a problem when people watch the same movie over and over. I have a crazy friend who does that, where he knows the lines. But I don't think you're ever going to go wrong with a little cool hand, Luke. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. See, now that's a movie. I love that movie. And I'm, and I'm not going to watch baseball. I'm not going to watch the, the, the subsidized These students pretend to be students in March Madness. I could care less. I could care less. After what we've witnessed over the last year, I will never again. I am so proud of the fact I cannot name one player on the Bears. 
I love that. I love that. I will not waste one minute of my time watching professional or amateur sports. Aside from golf, I have to admit, I will let it, let them put it on at the cigar store, but not for long. All right, let's go back to movies. I want to know the movies, and we've got John in Portage Park. Hi, Sean. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, uh, Wild in the Streets, it was made in 1968. The under-30 crowd puts the over-30 crowd into a concentration camp and feeds them LSD. So it's like the future. Wild in the yeah, streets. No, it's, right. yeah, it's called Shelly Winters. Uh, I don't know what company like uh, makes it. Like Shelly Winters was quite the looker before she discovered yeah. the dessert menu. And she was quite a, quite a wild child too. She used to hang around with Andy Warhol and all that. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, she was a good time. Do you remember on the Johnny Carson show when she slapped, I got to remember the actor. I got to look this up. But on Johnny Carson show, you could find it. She actually slapped somebody who insulted her as a woman. Very big fan of Shelly Withers. John at Portage Park. Thank you very much. Patrick and Schomburg. Hey, um, Listen, it's not a particular movie, but every Sunday night on the movie channel, they have uh, Sunday Night Noir, and it's all black and white mystery films, murder mysteries from the 30s and 40s, and every one of them is just terrific, and every actor and actress, it's, it's spectacular. All right, now I'm going to ask you a Sunday question, night. because uh, yeah. you know the reason we do this bit? Is that I was a film yeah. major. I was supposed to go into the film business. That's why the kid's here. This is their way of kind of making fun of me. Um so I love those movies, by the way. I have yeah. to ask you a question, though. I have a favorite actor, and I have mm-hmm. a favorite movie of that actor. And I want to know who yours is. Give me an actor from that era, and give me a movie. Uh, there's a movie uh, with Jimmy Cagney, and I think it's um, oh, it has it's either uh, twenty twenty thousand days at Sing Sing or something like that. It's it's one of one of his first prison movies. It's it's a great movie. Yes. Well, my actor played in a prison movie. It's not my favorite movie. Burt Lancaster and The Rose Tattoo. I don't know why. Yes. It would probably be deemed as terrible today, but for some reason, I love that movie. He was great in Birdman. And then, of course, you know, you got to go with uh, Citizen Kane. I mean, it's phenomenal. And I I will watch it Sunday night because I think I've seen my last baseball game. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good for you, Patrick. Listen, we got full, (laughs) or I got one line open. 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. I'm going to go to a break. I'm going to take the rest of your calls. Let's end this Friday on a high note. We'll be back after this. All right. I loved it. You know, it was nice. It was a good idea. I'm glad you got me off that, although there's some stuff I want to cover. The neo-Marxist scum we call Democrats. We'll get to that on Monday. In the meantime, let's all have a good weekend. Tom in Sherville. Suggestions. Yeah, Sean. Yes. I got a, a new movie that just came out that you should check out. It's called Nobody. I saw the preview. You're talking about the guy from Better Call Saul who wants yeah, to I, do I the Charles not Bronson? Gonna, right. It, you should check that out. I think you'd like it. And a movie from the past, you may have seen it from 1980, 41 years ago. It's called The Exterminator. Oh, I did see The Exterminator. It's got the blonde guy in it, right? Isn't the main character? He had the blonde hair. He played a villain kind of in the 80s and 70s. My yeah, and right he's, uh, yeah. he's a Vietnam vet, and he right. works with his buddy who's a Vietnam vet. Yes. He, uh, um, and I, I'm sure you've seen it, but check that out again. I mean, All right, that was a good it. pull. Tom, I love it. I haven't seen that movie in 40 years. I remember watching it when I was a kid. Nice call. See, that's what I love about movies. 
they bring you right back to where you were when you saw him at first. Amish Texter. How you doing? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Hey, uh, it's not often I get the, uh, the generator off the uh, windmill up, but I tell you what, Monday. Uh, I know it's not the weekend view, but it's Monday. It's a very good little film called uh, Hidden Figures about the black girls that do the uh, calculations by hand for yes. the early NAFTA program. Outstanding. Even even um, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Costner can't ruin the movie. Oh, nice pull. Listen, you tell me you don't like Kevin Costner. Are you telling yeah. you know what? I'm changing my pick. Yellowstone. Hey, Dance with Wolves is great. But, Ye- you know, Yellowstone. It's like the Godfather buys a horse. What are you, nuts? It's the best. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amish. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm t- changing my whole pick. Yellowstone. You can't stop watching it. It made me want to buy a ranch. I was Googling land in Montana. I can't be the only one that thought that way. Trisha. How are you, Trisha? Hi, I'm your number one fan. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, the movie The Bad Trip, I loved it, except for the last 20 minutes. It just got too yeah, yeah. too hairy for me. But I, were you However, surprised, though? Were you surprised at, at how they were received when they went throughout the country? No. How about when they're in the bar and the guy's pretending to be drunk? Are you kidding me? It was hysterical, I thought. I, I know. I, I did like <laughs> most of the movie. But right. anyways, my pick for you is a Netflix movie. It's new. It's Spencer Confidential. And it has uh, Mark Wahlberg in it, and it's really? just—it's really, yeah, it's really good. And I just watch it just for the sensor for giggles, and it was very good. But my son wants to tell you what his pick for you is. All right, go ahead. Godzilla vs Kong. Go ahead, Tom. Godzilla vs Kong is really good. Yeah, Godzilla vs Kong. You oh, it you want to know something? I'm going to watch it. You tell your son that's going to be the first one I watch. Thank you very much, Tricia. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Kira Elgin. Hey, Sean. Okay, I'm pulling over. Um, I agree with you. Yellowstone, absolutely. I cannot wait for the uh, season four to come. Uh-huh. Me that either. is happening right now. Um, but The Sopranos, I still say you got to binge watch Sopranos. Tony Soprano, I love him. Uh, God rest his soul. But the movies... What the I hell was he thinking? The, the, guy, the man literally ate himself to death. What the hell was he thinking? Go ahead. He did get big every season. I did notice that, but I will still watch it from beginning to end. Um, my second time I watched it. But the movies I recommend are The Sound of Metal. That is a great. Oh, I saw it on Prime. Um, I didn't. I, I saw the preview. I didn't. I didn't get it. Sound of Metal. I'm writing this down. Right. You know what? Don't don't go past the five minutes. Go past the first five <laughs> minutes of the heavy metal music, right. and then after that, the whole movie is awesome. And also a movie called The Lie. It's kind of a dumb movie, but it, it's today's society. So basically you're looking at the parents covering up the crime and the casualness of the young lady. Scary, because that is our society right now. That movie depicts it. And Kara, that's fun. And I I'm appreciate- listening to your podcast when I go to sleep. Oh, thank you so much. Isn't this wonderful? Thank you, Kara, for the, for the selections. I'm going to go home and watch some of them. But I'm going to watch Godzilla. Because of the little boy. Sorry, he got to me. I'm watching it. Rob Hampshire. Hey, Sean, how are you? Wonderful, how are you? Hey, I'm super glad you got this spot, man. You deserve it. You work hard. You worked hard. You've, uh, I'm glad to see where you're at. That's awesome, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, uh, Hustler, Paul Newman, two Paul Newman movies. Hustler, Jackie Gleason, George C. Scott. Oh, come on. I love it. I love movie. it. It's just those scenes where he's getting these, uh, 
he's uh, Newman's beating him, beating him, beating him. Yeah. And George C. Scott says, play him again. He's a loser. That's right. <laughs> it's just a fantastic. It's exactly right. Big the difference Paul between Newman talent and, yeah, born to be a loser, sure. What's the other one? Oh, my God. The other movie is The Verdict by Paul Newman. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that in a long time. Movie. Saw that. That was very good. Very good. I, I saw it about two weeks ago, and it, it's a fantastic movie, man. Just a great movie. So, All right, hey, Rob. Have a great Easter weekend, and take care of yourself, brother. You too, brother. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. And this this cleans up the lines just in time. Gary and Streamwood. Hey, how are you, Sean? Wonderful. Good to hear you. No, thank you. Sean, my movie for you goes back almost 100 years. The movie M with Peter Lorre. Oh, I'm a big Peter Lorre fan. Love it. All right, I'll M. I'll tell you what. That ending speech, if that isn't talking to the Democratic Congress, nothing is. <laughs> I am going to watch this movie. It's going to be the first one I watch have when I get to the it? store tomorrow. No, I have not. I, 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 oh. and I'm, I'm mad at myself for not seeing it because I really do. I love Peter Lorre. And I love, you know the remember the, the movies movie. with Cary Grant? No, I don't. Okay, the premise of the movie is before he fled Nazi Germany, when the Nazis were taken over. Mm-hmm. And he's a, okay, I will tell you the movie, but you've got to watch the end when he makes this speech. It's, I didn't leave it still in subtitles, but you've got to read it. And if it isn't, uh, uh, what do you call it, indictment of our Democratic Party in Congress, then I'll buy you go around the Gulf anywhere you want to go. Gary, I'll take you up on it. Thank you so much, Gary and Streamwood. And Peter Laurie with Cary Grant in those comedies with the old women. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't make you laugh, you don't have a sense of humor. I had a lot of fun. Have a great Easter weekend. God bless you. God bless us all. I'll talk to you on Monday. Believe in shooting stars, but she believe in shoes.